This podcast is brought to you by the Ohio Writing Project. OWP supports teachers from all over Ohio and celebrates the professionalism, expertise, and talent of our state's educators. Ohio Writing Project, teachers teaching teachers. Project. My name is Noah Waspy, and we have a different kind of episode for you today. It's with a teacher, as usual, but it's also with a musician and with a poet, and they're all the same person. His name is Tim Reisert, and you might recognize his name because we've talked to Tim before during one of our Writer's Roundtable episodes, and we also feature his poetry quite often in the introductions to the podcast. Today, instead of a poem, Tim has shared a song with us. It's the single off of his upcoming album from Sofa Burn Records. The album is called Viewfinder, and Tim's also going to play a song for us toward the later third of the album, and that song will be called Tulip Tree. But before we get into the interview, here is a song just to introduce you to some of Tim's music. It's the single that you can find right now available. Once again, through Sofa Burn Records or through Tim Reisert's Bandcamp, which will be linked in the bio. And that song is called Grand Prairie. And then afterward, my interview with Tim Reisert will begin. Stay by 
wanting to be a poet or writer or a teacher or a musician? Did one come before the others? It's a really good question. No, I think I think they all kind of came together. Um, and what I experienced, I think, in becoming a teacher was a, a strong interest in writing. Um, I think from ever since uh, high school, I was interested in writing um, usually fiction and poetry. Uh, and then that just got me interested in taking a lot of English classes, <laughs> which was awesome uh, during my undergrad. And I um, I knew I wanted to go into teaching and to, to I think, uh, experience that fully with other people, um, to experience writing and, um, that, that moment of instruction is just really powerful to me. I, I, I get as jazz as that, uh, as I do with my own writing. Um, so that, that very much fed me in both ways. Um, and I think, um, this is all the way back into high school, uh, just playing in bands and, um, with friends and always one to write our own music um we weren't very successful at that but <laughs> it, um that that always came with it but it never really matched up with um you know uh, my interest in in poetry or fiction or uh, teaching for that matter did you have a certain teacher that sparked that interest uh, i i think so i i had some great uh english teachers um and to you know, to look back on that experience, they very much like knew that I was interested in, in writing um, and knew that I read a lot. And uh, they, they just very much pushed me and had good conversations with me along the way. Just to, um, I, I think, notice that, that I, I was really taking it um, uh, on my own or I was very passionate with that. And so I, I, I kind of remember that as a teacher now. Um, I, I see that in some students who uh, maybe have, have a stack of books uh, on their desk or um, I see a sticker on their computer and, you know, that that opens up that conversation. So I, I yeah. very much appreciate that from uh, past teachers. So I have a, a suspect, a suspicion that it won't be a situation where it was like a teacher taught a lesson. But I, I've been fascinated, especially like this season of the podcast, in like what are some things that teachers do that make it so that kids don't just do well, like on some kind of SAT or other kind of test. But what are some things that teachers do that make it so that students want to be writers or want to use writing well in whatever they end up doing and reach their actual potential? Like what are things that teachers do that actually help kids be humans? later on in life yeah. so I'm, I'm really curious about I, I was asking because I wanted to know if you can remember or pinpoint any things that teachers uh, did when you were in school that led to you being a teacher and a writer and a musician and all the things all, all great questions I, I mean I I think um when when teachers gave me choices um I I really like that um I I can remember this is a sophomore English class and uh in, in small groups we were allowed to um you know look at one author choose many works from that one author um so that 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 was a wonderful experience just to kind of have that sense of 
choice and driven research, uh, small R research. <laughs> and um, just to, I, I think, understand how authors write many works. And um, it, it was a great moment for, for me to kind of read a lot from one writer um, to, to see that writer's style. And that, that kind of took my own interest into uh, looking at other authors, which I, I tend to like more, I, I think later in high school, that I, I continued to, you know, explore to, to, to just list everything that, that, that they had written and, and, and find other short stories by that same author. Um, so I, in, in, in some ways, uh, choice is a huge, huge factor in that. I, I also like, in terms of writing, um, I think giving that extra push into creative writing, um, it's sometimes seen as that extra, but, um, when I had those chances to do a quick, um, uh, assignment or um, just so there's quick little one-offs that um, so, some teachers offered, I I jumped at those. Um, I, I I can remember a French teacher just mentioning something about a, a, a French poetry contest and I, I raised my hand and I, I was, I was all into that. So mine was a French teacher too. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> but isn't it crazy? Like what, as I parse it out and try to translate your success is a, as a former student into what a teacher would have done, it almost always boils down to a teacher saw potential in student and let them know about that. And, or teacher introduced student to passion area of passion. Mm -hmm. And your teachers let you explore different kinds of readings, different kinds of writings. And the funny thing, like with the French assignment is like, I think that sometimes as a teacher, I think that I have to, create a dynamic experience in order for students to become what they'll become and really it's a lot simpler than that right like that french assignment where they with the poetry <laughs> uh option it wasn't probably that big of a deal to the teacher and whatever you created was probably nice <laughs> but who knows if i i don't know I, i'm probably like trying to look into your past and project myself onto it. But <laughs> sure. I'm betting that it wasn't like professional level poetry that you created in that moment. But what no, it did yeah. is it introduced you into this thing that lit up a part of your brain, right? Oh, so, like, yeah. It, yeah, certainly. Yeah. The assignment itself doesn't necessarily have to be like a big dynamic thing. A lot of times we're just throwing lots of options at kids to see if something might spark, right? Mm, sure. Yeah. And I, I mean, looking back at that assignment, it, it connected with to to me in um i think looking at uh when 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 i was uh uh so carefully crafting that that poem and you know just going headlong into that i i just became really interested in words um how they translated and um i mean really in terms of what 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 we look at as um english teachers you know i was interested in diction i was interested in wordplay <laughs> and all, all those great great things that um i i, I want to spark in my students um especially when i'm uh, uh teaching creative writing but in all my classes to say you know you just happened into this we english teachers just call this a, <laughs> a different name but I, I i can see that you already enjoy it you know yeah so. Uh, just side for me it was I got really into translating Beatles songs just for fun 
<laughs> that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And that dove me deep. It made me dive deeper into exactly what you're talking about. Like, even though it's a French class, you're writing, you're thinking about syntax, you're thinking about diction, you're thinking about all these things without realizing you just think that you're having fun in that moment, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's about creating places where kids can, students, I guess it's, I should say students, because your age of students are not necessarily kids anymore. No, but, but, yeah, they, but we can they, play. They, we can uh, play a little bit, right? Kids at heart, for sure. For sure. <laughs> but uh, 11th and 12th graders, yeah. Awesome. So how has like your experience being taught and then writing, how does that play out in your classroom? Can you talk about some specific ways where that kind of, where your experience as a writer and being in, in your experience, being inspired by other, inspired by other teachers. What does that oh, end up sure. looking like in your classroom now? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I think um, my experience with the writing projects um, and I just kind of happened into a writing project um, when I was teaching in New York City. Um, I had a, a teacher introduce me to New York City writing project um, when I was teaching there. And that opened up a huge uh, place for me to understand how being a writer and being a teacher connected. And I didn't see the connection until <laughs> I was actually in the profession my my, my first year of teaching. And um, it was a, just a huge uh, astonishment to realize how connected those are, um, especially when I'm teaching writing, um, how to model something. Um, and I'm okay with modeling something not so great, um, you know, just to practice a bit of writing in front of uh, students or um, show them, you know, some paragraphs that I'm working on. Um, that that has been really powerful to show students that I do write and um, that I'm in the practice with it. Um, and I, I I look back at like some of my past English teachers who did that, and that's what got me into writing so much. Um, I uh, Dr. Tom Romano was one professor mm-hmm. that I had was someone who would show us in the midst of his writing <laughs> what it looked like and how he was having trouble with it. And I, it just opened a huge, um, I, I, I think, a room or a place where um, I saw teachers becoming writers in, in, in that regard. Um, it's so I, I powerful. Think too, yeah. Oh, go, go ahead. Go for go it. Ahead. Yeah. No, you go ahead. Um, I, 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 your, your remark of like how maybe like bringing that passion about um, for, for students. Um, I think that's really got me energized in teaching creative writing for so many years in that um, I really like to see students kind of get into an area that they like to write about. Um, it's very open-ended um, types of assignments where they get to um, put forth a body of work. And um, these are beginning or intermediate or sometimes advanced writers, but they they can really um, I think come forward with with a you know a, a body of uh, short stories, uh, um, a couple of poems, based on things that they they are really excited about, and I like that a lot. And of course, like showing students the works in progress and all the messiness that is writing, I think it's powerful on multiple levels, right? Like. I'm thinking about a few years ago, I saw Stacy Schubitz presenting at NCTE and she was talking about something called mirror writing where mm-hmm. she'll get some a stack of students papers. And then she tries to write a, like a teacher made mentor text 
using their style of writing and trying to write in ways that they write. And in what, like in what happens there is in addition to students seeing like writing is a process, we don't just type up our first draft exactly the way it was and maybe fix some spelling. In addition to seeing like what process really, like re what revision really looks like, I think it's also meeting students closer to their zones of proximal development. Like when I first started trying to do teacher-created mentor texts, I was trying to create on my level writing that I thought was good. And sometimes it was, mm -hmm. it felt like too, a lot of students would check out because they'd be like, oh, I can't write six pages. I'm a sixth grader. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think it also, I imagine it also connects with students on that level. Have you noticed that in your class? Yeah, I have. And I, I think um, uh, showing them with an unfinished piece of writing, you know, sh showing my, my, my process with that is, is essential um, to show them what we would say, you know, pre-writing looks like, or just drafting. <laughs> um, and I, I, I like doing that because um, this is when students, I think, note that we're all in this together and it's not, you know, my expertise or their, you know, lack of expertise. Um, and I, I, I have seen it in those instances, um, you know, they have kind of walked into writing to let the writing teach them where it goes. And, you know, that, that, that mentor texts, I, I, I think are so powerful, but to show them moves and show them, you know, possibilities. And then that's when they can really take off. Um, and then, what they're working on, that's what's going to show them where it needs to go. Um, uh, I, I, and I think um, I, I, I've done that a lot with, you know, poetry and, and music, just, I think studying what others do and using those as somewhat like launch pads to say, you know, I'd like to try that, <laughs> but this is going to be my version of it. <laughs> Yeah, so you're showing them what the end result can look like, and you're also showing them the steps to get there. Yeah, all wrapped yeah. up in one piece. So let's get on to let's get to the music. Uh, so you have a new album that's coming out. What's the date that it comes out? I know it's available for pre-order now. Yeah, so it's available for pre-order, and the street date is uh, January twentieth. January twentieth. Uh, so. And how did this new album come? Out? I know a little bit because you we you were you workshop some of it in our OWP writing group yes yeah uh but can you talk about how the pieces of this album came together uh very much workshopped <laughs> I, I i like that uh just that uh kind of intro for it I, and i think it came together in so many fragments um i i'm i'm a songwriter who continually writes music i've i've taken breaks uh from you know, performing or, or or doing doing a lot with it, but I it's something that I always come back to. Um, it's something that that I always continue with. Um, and I think, um, this one, uh, this project has been more intentional with um setting aside some studio time, and having songs um crafted for that recording experience. Um, but a lot of that crafting had to do with, uh, showing other people what I had been working on um going to uh some songwriter showcase uh you know performances trying out some things and a lot of things not working <laughs> and um 
uh, also uh, realizing too that um, while poetry and songwriting are very different venues or d different vehicles in 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 some ways, um, I would sometimes find lines from some of my poems or works that that I I I, I was developing, and I thought, oh, I I think that's a song lyric, <laughs> and just collecting the those fragments and uh working with those continually um I, I i i think my family here at home uh gets a little annoyed of how much i'm working on a song <laughs> in, in in fits and starts um yep. and it, until it really comes together but yeah most musicians can't show their significant others their music because their significant others are sick of hearing those chords right? yes very much <laughs> so, so it sounds like your songwriting process is kind of non-linear it doesn't sound like you sit down to write a song and then you do the music and words together it sounds like sometimes music first sometimes words and sometimes they piece together yeah very much I, I think um, it takes a while for me to find how the lyrics and uh, uh, chord progression or uh, uh, a certain uh, riff or something that 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 I have have liked how it sounded um, when I was just playing guitar. Um, it, it's something that that I do um, kind kind of as a repetitive st uh, stress <laughs> relief um, that that I I I will continually do, just play guitar and uh, continue writing. But um, and also uh, with my phone nearby, just take a quick voice memo <laughs> of things that that I really like. Um, but it, it is a slow process of getting words to work with those uh, chords or um, kind of a a whole vision for, for a song. Um, there, there are so many times when I've completely revamped uh, something that, that I had quote unquote written um, and <laughs> performed it. And I thought, oh, that, that, that just does not work at all. And so um, I've really go back to the, the drawing table with it. Um, I, I, I like the process of performing uh, because it is revision. I mean, the performing that I'm doing at home or if I'm performing in front of other people um, at, at a venue, I I get to do it again and uh, rehearse for that moment too. So it, I, I, I continually go over it and over and over it again. So I want to dig back into the music and because in a second, I want to throw to you playing a live performance if we can pull it off yeah sure. but, but i want to bounce out to teaching because i heard a couple things that sparked my my teacher brain a little bit two pieces that uh of your process that i'm hearing that could somehow maybe translate into a classroom are um the need for um peer feedback as well as quote unquote adult feedback like the songwriting showcase where you're getting approval that's a kind of feedback that's really important. I guess that might be where the teacher or the grade. And then I'm also hearing like presenting things to friends, showing things to the writing group. That's a different kind of feedback, but it's just as important. But we also know that getting that teacher feedback in ways that are just as meaningful and I don't know, I guess authentic is the word that people use in teaching right now. It's hard to pull off meaningful teacher feedback that hits the way an audience is going to hit. And it's hard to simulate peer feedback because anyone who's ever done peer feedback in classrooms knows that it's a real mixed bag and it all depends on how kids are paired up, right? Or right. how students are paired up. 
Mm-hmm. What's your experience uh, with giving meaningful feedback and setting up peer feedback? Is it just as much of a struggle or do you have anything that you've tried that's worked? Yeah, g- uh, great, great questions for the classroom. I, I think, um, oh, I, my, my best moments of, you know, that peer feedback have very been much like workshops. Um, Janet Burway is one of the the uh, creative writing gurus that I that I look to, and she um, in her books to kind of describe what a a good wor- a writing workshop does, and uh, you know what 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 a bad writing workshop kind of doesn't do. Um, but she 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 does a great job in you know I think guiding that workshop experience of getting good feedback uh, from from uh, fellow writers and it. Essentially, I, I I think writers want to know certain things, and um, it is also that writers kind of experience to have that audience in mind. I I I think that's um, always key for beginning writers or writers who even have been at it for a while. Is that you know to kind of write with that audience in mind um, to to kind of have that um dual experience of what what questions will my audience ask what do they need to know um <laughs> all, all those kinds of things um and i think um the the whole process of uh, that 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 feedback i i think is i think constantly figuring out whether the writer um is getting what he or she needs um and it it, it often takes a, a writer to kind of know what he or she needs um to ask the right questions um and sometimes push that workshop group <laughs> to say okay you aren't giving me enough uh, what, what what i really want to know is this um now um you you had mentioned a little bit of the 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 song the, the songwriter showcase and th- those are some uh, great experiences that that I've had um, where mostly songwriters come together. Um, it's usually on an off night for a a venue or a bar, um, yeah. only because they they can you know count on a a, a small regular audience. But um, it's some of those kind of late night conversations that I had with fellow songwriters that have really helped me understand what's working or not working (laughs) and um they they are in the you know business of writing songs too and if something hits with them i i I know that i've kind of grabbed that uh that that writer's audience Mm -hmm. um and and i think um so some really good friendships that I've had uh, among fellow musicians. I, I have to say too, <laughs> being a writer and a musician is not good for uh, like a whole band experience. <laughs> I, yes. I, I I tell many people I, I I'd make the worst band member because I am just busy with uh, 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 classroom work and grading. But um, yep, I, I think um, the uh, friendships that I've had with some musicians have really helped me kind of understand what works um and sometimes it it's in that realm of teacher feedback like i just need to tell the student what is working and the student wants to do that more often and i i I think that's a really good place for me as a teacher to offer praise where things are working um if it's a strong sentence if it's Mm -hmm. you know just one paragraph out of an essay um to offer that 
is very, very powerful and um, keeps the student writing. I, I think mm-hmm. that that's what's gotten me, you know, into the, the the music or what kind of feeds me is those moments where um, I've connected or that I someone had that conversation with me to say that really worked. <laughs> yeah. And I'm also hearing like that kind of specific praising of what you notice a student doing well in their writing is powerful no matter who does it, but it really puts that strategy on performance enhancing drugs when it comes from a credible source. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. I'm thinking you made me think about one of John Hattie's things a little bit differently. Just listening to you talk about this feedback process, the way you see it, like he, one of the things that, Uh, his research group has pointed out is that students seeing teachers as credible sources is one of the highest um, has one of the highest effect sizes on student achievement. And it sounds, it sounds like uh, common sense, I guess, in a way, but when you think about it in this nuanced way, like I, I started while you were talking, I thought for a second about how any writing teacher that encouraged me, it meant a lot. But when I was in college and one of my professors who was a published writer and wore the tweed jacket and seemed important noticed something that I did it felt even bigger and I'm like oh yeah I am definitely a writer I knew it all along and I think that um with you writing in front of your students and your students seeing that you are a writer I think it is especially because they like you on top of that it establishes a different kind of credibility so that if teachers can show that they're writers and build that kind of relationship with students where what you say, like we care about each other and what we say matters. It takes those little strategies and it adds gasoline to the fire. Yeah, certainly. I I, I think that relational piece uh, is so uh, incredibly powerful, but to, to also show them that, you know, teachers are learners and we, <laughs> we, we don't always get it, you know, right the first time or that we struggle in places. Um, I'll, I'll even show students, you know, with, you know, areas of writing where I struggle and, and say, I, I know that this is really tough. It's really tough for me too. Uh, um, and I, and I think that they can see that, that credibility. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think in, in a lot of ways, um, just with, with a teacher who, attempts or try something that they're also trying to um i i kind of learned that through through parenting as well <laughs> to uh you know to to admit to my uh kids that you know this is really tough for me too and uh it, it's that moment of connection and that that i think um that that writing classroom is just so so powerful um where where i get to see them you know get into a practice of writing um, in whatever form uh, that 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 their assignment may be, but to really get into that process and um, to to be there working with them, um, something that, that that I just so so enjoy. So, so what's the story? So, what's the song you want to play for us today, and what's the story behind it? Oh, sure. <laughs> uh, this uh, song is called Tulip Tree, and um, I'm excited to play it. And I think uh, the the story that uh, that connects with uh, OWP so well. Um, I, I've been a longtime participant in uh, OWP is that uh, the assignment uh, that I was working with, uh, this was um, in a, one, of, one of the summer workshops and it was a, a 
poem that I was working on, um, one of those poems that wound up working better as a song than a poem. <laughs> and so um, it, it began as a, a quick exercise of walking around uh, your yard or your neighborhood, making a map of, of that uh, space or, or area. And um, this is a, uh, sometimes a, a prompt that I offer uh, in my writing classrooms too. But um, I began mapping uh, my uh, my home, my my backyard, um, names of plants that we know of in the area. I'm not a plant guru, or you know, not 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 a uh, um, uh, 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 always knowledgeable about the the, the plant world. But um, I think getting into uh, those names got me interested in like lists and um the eventual story of the song and the poem um had to do with this one tree uh in our yard um uh, sometimes called a tulip tree it's a poplar um a yellow poplar and it is one of those trees that flowers and it is just magnificent um it's just a great great tree that we 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 have come to love and um it's a tree that we can see for my daughters bedroom uh, as well and so I can think of many times we've looked out at her window and to look at that tree um, and uh, it also involves where I came to work with the, the lyrics um, it com comes to involve this idea that when you write something down you try to document it uh, and maybe make it a fact um, but with that writing process is sometimes a little slippery that your memory might not work as well <laughs> or the way that you craft it uh it changes it a, a bit and so I, I i began to play with that idea when i when i was working with the lyrics so let's hear it great know by the light that falls on our no what comes will be what we believe Call up those times when all seemed lost And send them up on a summer's wist No tulip tree No tulip tree When we gather, what a drive in our yard, hollyhock and a bleeding heart. That night we named the moon by its mud, fixed as a fact that we held once. No. To the tree, oh, to the tree. Beneath those stars, they're bare. Bell. We sleep to 
That's incredible. That's so good. <laughs> I write down notes almost subconsciously while uh, I'm doing these interviews just so I can trace back to certain thoughts. And I look down at what I and I just wrote down so good, period. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we need for feedback, right? It's <laughs> oh, such a beautiful song. And Thank I'm so you. glad you played it. You talked about how you made a map and the role that uh, this poplar slash tulip tree uh, played in you you're just thinking through how this song was going to come about and I also know that this album you know it says it right in the album's dis- description in the liner notes that this is a love letter to the natural world with no expectation of a reply can you talk a little bit about that in general for this album yeah I, I think um, in many years uh, nature has played a bigger role in my life and i think um i i've i'm only still you know exploring and co- coming to know uh just the so so many mysteries and and fascinating things about nature i i, I like to tell people that all my science classes were <laughs> were wasted on me when i was young um but i i think um you know writing in nature um have, have uh kind of come to fuse for me um that that uh when i'm doing my best stuff um i i I think with poetry or a song read uh songwriting i i think i'm reacting to that natural world and learning about the natural world um and i think uh it is a place of for me uh renewal and uh just i think um seeing the world again that uh you know I, I i think i know everything about it but there there's so many mysteries there uh that i that i enjoy and and uh like to write about stepping away from the podcast for just a moment did you know that the ohio writing project has some really exciting stuff coming up in the spring and you could find out about it on the website just google ohio writing project and if you don't want to have to wait Until the spring, did you know that you could bring the Ohio Writing Project to your school? We have a lot of customized learning and professional development that we can bring to your school's campus, or we can do virtual professional development in case you didn't get enough of Zoom during the pandemic. 
OWP leaders work alongside administrators and teachers, and they build custom designed professional learning packages based on specific goals and needs since every school has different areas in which they're focusing their professional development. OWP professional development sessions work towards student improvement in all areas of literacy and student success in the college and career standards and consistently receive excellent ratings and results in classrooms and school districts throughout Ohio. And I can testify to that. That's how I got to know people from the Ohio Writing Project. They were doing professional development in my school. So Google us or use the link that's in the episode description or forward that information to your school's administrator and we would love to come work with you. All right. Back to the interview. I wanted to actually think about how your uh, songwriting process has changed and stayed the same. Because to prepare for this interview, I was re-listening to some of the old albums because you'd shared some of it with me a while ago. And I was listening to Mm -hmm. Alahi. I think you recorded that one in 2007 or put it out in 2007. Yeah, a long time ago. Even though there's some striking similarities, there are also some pretty big differences, like especially in the way you sing, too. Can you talk about how your songwriting and musical style in general maybe has changed and stayed the same? Yeah, sure. I I think, um, you know, when I started out uh, doing songwriting a little bit more, more involved and back in the early 2000s, um, I think I was mimicking uh, songwriters that that, uh, whom I liked a lot. And um, I even would hear from you know audience uh, members or even you know from from some some people that I, that I knew really well they they noticed the, the similarities and I, I I thought yeah because it, <laughs> that was on purpose and and I um I think uh one one conversation that I had with with a with a friend and musician uh, when I lived in Arizona was really helpful he helped me understand that it wasn't like a moment of being embarrassed that I was mimicking some of the songwriters I, I liked. Um, and I, I really liked that conversation because um, it just helped me understand uh, how to continue with songwriting. Uh, and it was okay to mimic the, those writers. I, I, I liked a lot. Um, I think too, um, I was learning how to do it. And that was a such an important part of how to learn how to do it. Um, and I think, uh, from that time, uh, not that I walked away from songwriting, but kind of, I, I walked away from doing it as much. And, um, I began becoming more interested in, um, I think developing a little bit more of, um, I, I, I would, I would say maybe a process for the, the way that I do it, um, and understanding too how uh, audiences like variation and um to, just to I, I i don't know to make it a little bit more fun for me and <laughs> more fun for the audience I, I i just uh have gotten to know a little bit more about the the songwriting process um how to uh, sculpt a song from verse, chorus, but maybe uh, institute a bridge or um, uh, to uh, add different types of in- instrumentation. Um, so I, I, I think I 
I've just learned more uh, along the way. Um, I, I think too, a lot of the, uh, in terms of lyrics and uh, why I began to write the songs that I have for the, the newest album, Viewfinder, kind of had a lot, a lot to do with uh, fatherhood and um, uh, kind of understanding uh, a bit more about the world um, that, you know, from, from my um, younger days, um, it was more like borrowed experiences. Uh, and now, now I, I could write a little bit more about my own experiences. Yeah. They were musical mentor texts, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, and there comes a point where we either lean into them or we outgrow them and go in a different. So would you say that you leaned into or outgrew or maybe both? Yeah, maybe a little bit of both. I, I think um, I came to understand, like, I, I was proud of, you know, kind of emulating those songwriters uh, whom I liked uh, so much. Um, but then I also knew that I had to write songs that meant something to me, too. <laughs> um, and I, I, I've i I've come to, you know, like my, my newer material just because, you know, songs just mean so much to me um or they mean so much to uh you know a, a person involved with that songwriting that, that that those lyrics really speak to, to a memory or experience that i've had with them and um i i i think i'm just more personally involved <laughs> with it yeah it seems like the process of sculpting your oneself as a writer is really just copy 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 try to do your own thing but now that thing you've been copying is in your dna mm-hmm yeah in in some ways yeah and i think um that that copying process um i try to show students how important mimicry is um that it it, it it's an experience to say i like that and i'm going to try to copy that move or mimic that move um and i i think um as i've progressed throughout the years and just became more confident with my own writing that i can do those moves with the material that I feel so close to. If, yeah. if that ma- if that makes sense. And zooming back out to the teacher thing again, like seems like as teachers, we need to just exhale a little bit. I know that we have testing that forces us to constantly inhale <laughs> and pucker up. Yeah. But I mean, the thing we, I, that hearing how you have developed as a musician helps me appreciate is uh, a lot of times we're, we want students to mimic the mentor text and then nudge them to do their own thing with it so that they can perform for college essay, for test, for whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if they just learn to mimic well, they like a lot of times writers don't become themselves until years after they've been out of school. And whether oh, it's in school or out of school, Maybe we have to sometimes accept that that's okay. Yeah, yeah. And for for me as a teacher, I I, I feel like I'm still in school, <laughs> very yes. much so. And um, I I think um, I I what in, in in some ways that that mimicry I I think is helpful. It 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 shouldn't be like that shameful thing that you know I I I've just copied that move. Um, I I, I see it in in sports too. I I mm-hmm. um can can think of so many times where I've tried to move that I've seen an athlete do, <laughs> or, um, uh, you know, it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of, you know, the, the work that I've done, um, with, with songwriting 
that I, I would become a student of that songwriter, listen to everything that I could or and to, to really understand how, how, how that song was crafted um, and, and seeing musicians live um, to see, you know, just how everything is set up um, with their amp set up or their, uh, their, their guitar pedals. And it, it, it is really a, a process to kind of see how someone does something. Um, it's so, so essential. So who are your um, musical mentor texts from the past and maybe current? Yeah, I, um, uh, I, I think where I grew up um, uh, uh, in Cincinnati, just out of Cincinnati, we had a really great radio station um, out of Miami University. And so I uh, listened to that <laughs> radio station growing up uh, from a very young age. And so my friends and I, we we were just avid uh, radio listeners um, of uh, WOXY 97X. Bam, the future <laughs> it, of rock and roll. Yes. And um, we, we listened so much that uh, and called in to request songs so much that uh, one time we were proud that the DJs told us not to call, <laughs> that we called too much. <laughs> so um, just to kind of understand, like, uh, I, I listened to just about every kinds of uh, kind of music that i could um uh this is you know during the 90s where music was just exploding i i think from popular music kind of becoming more centered to you know college rock or uh, alternative music or uh indie rock that i um just came to i think listen to everything that i could um uh through through that whole experience uh one musician I, I came to really, really identify with and and connect with, um, his name is Jason Molina. Um, he has a project called Songs Ahaya and um, uh, another project called Magnolia Electric Company. And he by far was the uh, uh, musician that I came to emulate, uh, to know everything that he's written, um, see him perform so many times. And um that that was just a great experience uh to get to know his music really really well and uh from his music um it's like a slower um folk or blues um that that's really steeped in the midwest <laughs> and I, I i came to really love that sound um and i lived over in the, in the uh in new york city on the east coast um as well as arizona but i always came back to that sound that, that i really really liked um and Sweet. um from from there on out it, it, it has just been uh just anything I can, I can get my hands on really and um i it, what's really cool is to see a lot of the, uh musicians um kind of come back to Jason Molina's work um, and uh, speak so well of his uh, craft and uh, performances. Um, uh, uh, so newer musicians are, are are kind of rediscovering him in some ways. This has been so much fun, Tim. So before we bring it on home, I just really, I have one more question. Uh, for writers who teach, teachers who write, or teachers who wish they wrote more, you're balancing so much. How, what advice do you have for these teachers and writers? Oh, <laughs> it, it is a, a certainly a tough balance. Um, I think to understand a little bit about uh, 
my writing process uh, that I write in small spurts um, and that those small bits of writing can be powerful um, even in the midst of a busy life uh, of, you know, uh, teaching and grading and home life. And I, I think those little spurts of writing have, have really helped me. Um, I, I think uh, explore some uh, 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 memories and experiences and um, relationships that I hold uh, dear to my heart Um uh, what, one thing that I do um, is that I write a poem for my family members uh, for their birthdays and for Christmas. And so that keeps me writing throughout the year. <laughs> um, but I, th that little writing assignment, um, just on a personal note, um, kind of keeps me uh, invested in kind of not sometimes daily writing, but um, I, I, again, just writing in those uh, short spurts. I think, too, that... Um, finding what you like to write about um can be so rewarding and uh having those moments to kind of stretch and expand and, and explore those ideas um can can really help the, the the writing soul um and and teaching soul as well if you want to hear this song that's playing right now or any of the others Check out Tim Reisert's Bandcamp or go to sofaburnrecords.com. You can buy the album digitally. You can buy an actual CD of the album. And I can tell you, I've listened to all of the songs. It is an amazing, amazing album. So Tim Reiser is an amazing musician, in case you couldn't already tell. He's also an amazing poet, an amazing teacher. He's an amazing person. And I've included ways that you can follow him, well, I guess way that you can follow him on Instagram in this episode's description, as well as all of the other links to the Ohio Writing Project stuff, to my Twitter handle if I stay on Twitter and everyone doesn't do a mass exodus. But enough of that. That's not what you're here for. You're here for the teaching stuff. And that's pretty much over. So... Thanks to Tim Reiser, thanks to Sofa Burn Records for allowing us to play the music, and thanks to you for tuning in to Write Answers. Mm -hmm.